Welcome to From the Ground Up, a podcast about small business funding, entrepreneurship, and current events that influence them. Powered by Tenant Financial Group. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to From the Ground Up. We're happy to have you today. You know, as we've been doing these podcasts, one of the distinctions between the current day and this time last year is that we were not traveling at all. No trips, no in-person meetings, no trade shows. And for us, the pendulum has swung back in a huge way. We're going to talk about that some today. Specifically, our guest today has had a front row seat to all of this disruption. Our guest today is Michael Hyam, the North American show manager for the Franchise Show and the Franchise Expo, arguably one of the biggest show systems that we have in our space. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Hey, Michael, uh, for those listening in today, why don't you give them a little bit of your background? I mean, we we know who you are. I know who you are. We've been uh, working together for years. But how about uh, a little bit of background on you for our listening audience? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny. I I won't go too far back, but of course, my educational background has nothing to do with what I currently do. (laughs) Believe it or not, I went to school for computer science and computer networking and system analysis, and uh, I never (laughs) used any of that. Yeah, I've been uh, now in the franchising field for about, I don't know, 15, 17 years. Prior to joining National Event, which is the, the franchise trade show, I was with another franchise lead generator called the Business Exchange and uh, helped to run that company for about 10 years. Yeah, in the last five years or so, I uh, jumped on with uh, National Event and the, and the franchise show. It was a natural fit, of course, because uh, I know all the franchisors. Of course, if you're like me and like to network and and like to be out and about. It's a great fit for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we went through what we've, you know, this whole COVID thing. Uh, We just as well, you know, get on with uh, discussing the big elephant in the room. I saw, you know, things pretty much shut down entirely as everybody did in 2020. Talk us through historically, you know, pre and post COVID and, and even that interim period where things were we're dead. How did uh, COVID affect the, uh, the franchise show? You know, it's a great question. We actually were having our best years leading up to the pandemic. Franchise trade shows, and I guess just trade shows in general, are alive and well. If uh, the pandemic has taught us anything, is that you can never, never get away from human interaction. Nothing will replace that. What we learned, of course, is, is yeah, I mean, from a trade show standpoint, we were producing 13 shows a year, a lot of great feedback, people were coming out, happy clients, happy franchisors. And then of course it came to a dead stop with the uh, the pandemic and it pretty much shut us down because, you know, similar to, to other industries there, but I mean, we're one that was completely affected 100%, right? When you're producing events that are live and in person, and you can no longer do that, you know, it's like, what else are you going to do now? So we came to a dead stop. We, of course, attempted to pivot and we did. We had to figure things through like a lot of other organizations, which kind of led us to those uh, virtual trade shows. It was just getting everybody online and, you know, in front of their computer and then having a few thousand people come online trying to meet with franchise brands, right? People come to a franchise trade show because they want to see you know, a hundred different opportunities all under one roof. They want to save themselves. 
the time to research people individually one by one. And so, you know, a franchise show kind of offers them that opportunity to meet with many brands all under one roof. And so when we pivoted to the online, it really wasn't the same. You know, although we were able to get several thousand people to those online shows, they just didn't interact the same. It was like, you know, kind of like landing on any other website, right? You're going to maybe tinker around for a minute or two and, you know, you might click on some of the stuff, but not like a trade show floor where you're actually going from booth to booth to booth talking and, and getting information. And I believe it has a lot to do with that human interaction too. But when you land on a website, you know, you might click on, you know, some of the larger, more recognizable brands, but we realized quickly that it wasn't a total fit. It just, you know, reassured us in what we do, right? Live events, face-to-face -face interaction, getting in front of people is just crazy and how much reassurance that that gave us and that's kind of how we pivoted over to the online and and of course now back to live shows from this spring so appreciate that answer you know when we talk about live shows versus virtual shows give us the 50,000 foot view of what it was like to stand up almost overnight virtual shows was that infrastructure that you guys had in place already or was it something that you literally came out of the ground with some of the challenges that you had to deal with from that perspective yeah so for us i mean we did not have the infrastructure set up to answer your question there yeah no i mean online kind of trade shows have been around but we ourselves as an organization aside from the franchise shows we produce uh, many other events as well like a women's show uh, you know a car show different things within our parent company and our belief is really about the face-to-face -face, the live interactions and I guess I could go into a whole other thing about you know why face-to-face -face is the most effective way of, of selling as, as opposed to anything else but I might be a little bit biased there <laughs> and so we had always been on, on live shows, but we never intended to or really wanted to move to virtual because it kind of goes away from our, our core beliefs. Of course, with COVID, we did have to pivot. But to answer your question, we, we yes, absolutely, we were scrambling. You know, overnight, we were looking into multiple different systems of how it would work online and virtually. And, and could we do it as a trade show? And, and could we still have a live interactive component into it so that it is, you know, live, but online. No, no, we were scrambling for a while. And I mean, it came together. It did come together, you know, with our, our upper management team being able to uh, get things done in a short span. You know, we were able to definitely put on several virtual shows at that time. So one thing I, you know, for us, I want to touch on a couple more things on the virtual side before we dive into some of these other like live shows and the dialogue around that. But I know for us, we're now doing video calls every week, like almost all of our clients, we're doing video calls and, and we're, we're sitting down at the table, if you will, virtually doing an old school conference call with just phone is, is seems to be evaporated. It's gone completely. What are some of the things that we talked about some of the negatives and challenges that came out of that whole virtual world that we had to live in for 12, 18 months? What are some of the things that are like, okay, this is going to stick and it's going to be around for a while, or it's a new thing that's developed out of that. That's a real benefit. And it's probably going to be here. Any ideas on that? Yeah. So from a virtual standpoint, you know, it is, I guess what has kind of stuck around, we utilized a platform that was able to make kind of a virtual trade show 
interactive and it had a lot also to do with our national franchise directory website so we converted our website using our another platform into this virtual world of course online will always be there and and leads coming in you know will always be there but i guess to answer your question ways of people being able to locate franchisors we we found that to be really effective you know having a couple thousand people on at, at one given time onto our website you know that will definitely be around and, and of course we did keep some of the features on our national franchise directory that were effective like being able to set up a, a zoom call right through their online profile you know kind of like you mentioned exactly i think the whole interactive piece where you can set up a meeting and it doesn't have to be you know, static over the phone, that will definitely be around. I don't think Zoom is going away anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, and I've really enjoyed it. You know, we're, we're a virtual company. We operate in 11 different states and we got operations in four states. And so, you know, prior to COVID, we never did, you know, a virtual happy hour. We never came together in a video call at all for any purpose. And I, you know, I really had to apologize to our, the whole staff uh, for that being such an oversight and glaring oversight that it was. But, you know, as we've come back, I've really enjoyed it. I think that's, it adds such a personal touch to, you know, your discussions as you're consulting with clients or, or talking to referral partners. It just adds a whole nother element that just, I think fits nicely in this, you know, relationship business we're all in that, that we call franchising. So I, I really like it. Well, Michael, the, the, you know, the franchise shows are back. I mean, you know, David uh, mentioned at the outset of the show that the pendulum swung, you know, completely the other direction. Let's talk about that. How has that looked? I mean, has it been a momentum swing, you know, where in the early part of the year, things were a little slower mid part of the year, maybe they're, you know, the trajectory is up and maybe, you know, there's great things on the horizon or is it just kind of flatlined or what does that look like in terms of franchise shows? Sure. You know, we, it, it took a real leap of faith for us to go in, of course, because as you can appreciate putting together a, a trade show, it's not something that is done overnight. It literally takes several months to put together from a logistics standpoint and of course, uh, the convention center and, and working with the show decorator and, and doing all of our sales and, and getting everything going, it, it takes a long time. So, for example, our schedule right now is already released for midway through next year. You know, just to give you an understanding of, of how much in advance we're already starting to prepare for the shows. I guess a lot had to do with the fact that we produced our first COVID show in November of 2020. We went in because we had a lot of clients who wanted to get back to business and said, you know what, guys, can you please do a show? <laughs> and, you know, we weren't adverse to it, but we also didn't want to come across as reckless, you know, because COVID is serious and, you know, you do have to put in a lot of precautions and we don't want to get anyone sick. And so we went into a state of Georgia that was fully open and had been open since July and the Cobb Galleria, the facility that we're in, and the governor were all pushing us and said, hey, go for it, go ahead. We think you'll have a great show. And we did, that was in November. That was kind of in the, in the crux of everything. And the fact that we could pull that off was phenomenal. And humans in general are resilient. And the turnout was fantastic for that Atlanta event. Of course, we put in all kinds of, 
you know, we could chat about that. We put in all kinds of procedures to keep everybody safe. But what happened in Atlanta gave us a lot of reassurance to go ahead with the spring. And so we put together our schedule. We put in seven shows and we said, okay, you know, we're going to hopefully be able to get all of these off, but who knows what's going to happen if, you know, all of a sudden there's a crazy breakout and we have to lock down or, you know, we're going to have to reschedule the show. We didn't know exactly what we were getting into, but to me, being able to go ahead and do all seven shows was a crazy (laughs) accomplishment. But to answer your question a little bit more, yes, you know what we found, uh, I guess in the South, things were open a bit more and maybe they started to open up a little bit earlier than the, the states in the North. And so we found that, of course, our Southern state shows had a little more attendance than maybe the Northern state shows, but you hit the nail on the head as we progressed because these shows had started in early March until now mid-June, they had progressively got better, you know, better and better and better to the point where, you know, Orlando, Houston, we had pre-COVID attendance. It was just like a regular show, slammed trade show floors, a lot of happy clients. I mean, we're back with a vengeance. That's great. That's great. You know, it's funny. It's like, I'm sure there are going to be books written about this experience and the psychology around the need for for humans to gather and to be face to face. I know we make a special point. We're, as Derek mentioned, we're virtual, but we often try to a couple times a year get together and sit down in a room together or share a meal together and have conversations literally in the same same space. There's not a good substitute for that, really. I mean, we've gotten close with video calls, but it's just not the same. Who exhibits at these shows and why? Yeah, so our the vendors that we have the most are, of course, franchisors, right? So we're putting on a franchise trade show for individuals who are actively seeking a franchise opportunity. So people who might be in business or wanting to be in business for themselves. Of course, uh, you know, with the pandemic happening, it has probably helped us quite a bit We found, of course, through this spring that there are so many people right now searching for opportunities that that also has helped us get back to normal. But of course, you know, franchisors who are looking to meet with regional business buyers are the ones that are exhibiting with us the most because we produce 13 shows a year. You know, we have some clients, franchisors that exhibit at one or two shows. We have some that exhibit at five shows. We have some that exhibit at all of our shows. And I guess it really is dependent on where they're expanding you know their growth plans if they're in the southeast they might join you know the florida shows atlanta and of course within the southeast but then there are some franchisors that are expanding nationwide so they'll join all of our shows and then of course we have a lot of suppliers to the industry that exhibit with us we have banks and and financial uh, we have tenant financial of course (laughs) we have you because you guys are you're looking for an individual who is seeking to buy a franchise and is going to need money and of course you assist with that piece and and of course you could talk to that a lot more than me anyone who is related to the industry you know franchise lawyers maybe consultants all are relating uh, and, and exhibiting as well so here's a question on that you know when we think about we understand like you mentioned it's franchisors it's vendors to franchise partners and all that sort of thing why this is an opinion question and i'm curious to hear your answers you've been doing this long enough why does it make sense for a franchise buyer, prospective candidate, to be able to come to a trade show floor and see 
I mean, you tell me, how many different brands do you have at a show? And why is that a benefit? Why does that help them with their decision-making process? Yeah, so we'll typically have between 50 to 70 vendors at each of our shows. And I think the benefit really is that people don't necessarily know what they want. Some people might have an idea of an industry that they want, but they certainly also don't know all of the different franchise opportunities that exist, right? They might know that they want to be in business for themselves. They might know they need a certain amount of capital and, and, and maybe they could get the rest funded, but they don't necessarily know all the different opportunities. And, and of course, to spend the time to research yourself, you know, 40, 50, 60, 80 different opportunities is going to take you a long time. You know, you just might not know what is good for you. You know, you might have, again, an idea of the industry that you want to get in, but a lot of people, you'll have some people that are going to be an owner operator. You have some people that might want to make an investment into it, but don't want to be a little bit more hands off. Here, coming into a franchise trade show, they're getting to see and interact with all of these opportunities all under one roof. And of course, there's no pressure on them. You know, it's not like where maybe they're feeling a little more pressure because they're calling a company and, and asking for information, right? Coming to a show, you're the one who's going to approach the vendors. You're going to look at the different opportunities and you're really there to say, hey, tell me about your concept and, and why would I be a fit if I would be a fit? And so uh, just getting to get and gather all that information under one roof, if you ask me, it's invaluable and it's going to save you a, a heck of a lot of time in, in having to do all the research yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Michael. I agree with everything you said. You know, so much about buying franchises specifically is a mutual interview process. The franchisor sees as much value as the franchisee in a face-to-face -face interaction because you can't walk in and just buy any franchise you want. They're not going to allow that. They they interview you as much as you interview them. So yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying. And, and I think that benefits really both parties. Talk about exhibitors. How comfortable are they now post-COVID or as we're coming out of this in certain areas of the country, how comfortable are they, you know, coming to and exhibiting at a franchise show? You know, so towards, I would say, the earlier part of the year, there was a lot more hesitation. That was the earlier part of the year with, with getting, you know, trying to get all of the franchisors to come on board on, in March and April. As we went along, and I guess, of course, a lot to do with, you know, COVID and people getting vaccinated. You know, there's a good portion of the population now that either has one or both shots and so people have become a lot more comfortable. We put in some precautionary devices, let's just call it, to keep everybody safe. And we were in, in our, were in our strict in, in the sense that in the beginning, of course, you know, everyone was mandated to wear a mask. We made larger aisles. We had directional traffic flow. We made people wash their hands. And even in the begin very beginning, we had the temperature checkers at the door. We wanted to ensure that both our exhibitors and attendees were all safe and no one was going to catch anything or, or have any problems. Of course, you don't want to come across as reckless at all. You want to be very careful with when, when getting into something, especially at the beginning stages when there's so much uncertainty. As we've progressed, you know, franchisors, I mean, people in general are just resilient. And uh, of course, it seems a lot less. This past weekend, we were in Chicago, of course. I was with uh, 
Dave from Tenant. It was just great. Uh, there they were in a stage where that Friday they had taken off all restrictions. There were no restrictions. There were no mask mandates. There was nothing. And it seems like it's only getting better. It's only going to get better. And people are a lot more comfortable now. I, I barely even get any of those questions anymore as we're starting to contact people for our fall events. I'm rarely even getting any questions like, what are you doing to keep people safe? Which is what I would hear all the time before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, and I commend you guys for everything you've done. I mean, it's been impressive. The safety measures you put in place, all of that was just really, really impressive in your production. You know, you mentioned the fall shows, Michael, and, and you know, we, we start again in September in Tampa. One of the things that I think makes you relatively unique is the breadth and depth of speakers that you have at each of these shows. People come to these shows not just to investigate a brand, but to walk out of there with some knowledge. And they've always been able to do that at your shows. Talk to us a little bit about the seminars that you do. Who speaks there? Why do they speak there? And how does that dovetail with the broader you know, franchise show? Yeah, so it's interesting, of course, again, People love education, as you mentioned, and they will come out to our events because we do have a lot of seminars that are happening over the period of, of the weekend of, of the show. And we'll advertise our show schedule usually a month or two in advance to the public and, and anyone who is landing on our homepage that will have to purchase a ticket for the show. They typically will land on that seminar page. So a lot of people will even come out to a show so that they can get that free education. What we try to do is keep all of the seminars informative and educational so that it does add value to the attendee. And the types of speakers we'll have are typically the suppliers end that are exhibiting with us. So for example, you know, like we love it when tenant, when you guys speak at our events because you're giving the attendee information that they're gonna need, right? Anyone coming to a show, for example, if you're talking about small business and finance funding, then most of the people are going to require funding, right? Anyone coming to a show is going to require funding at some point. And so them being able to receive this free education is invaluable because, you know, you might talk to them what they need to get their ducks in a row and, you know, what's the minimum capital that they might need, if any. And, you know, so they're getting all that education for free without any pressure. Some of the other topics would include, you know, maybe a lawyer who would talk about the legalities of purchasing a franchise, or they might tell the attendee who may not know much about franchising, right? Uh, some people don't even know what a FDD, a franchise disclosure document is, and why is that important? And, and maybe some of the things to look for on it to really kind of summarize and get a good idea of what that franchise system is all about. You know, we'll, we could have an accountant that will speak a, a little bit more on the accounting side, we could have a franchise consultant or a broker speak who would maybe talk about the different franchise opportunities and, and why a certain one might be good for you and, and give you a little bit more in-depth advice on purchasing a franchise for yourself. So there really is a whole wide variety of topics at every show. It's just great for the attendees because they can educate themselves and, uh, and make an informed decision. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that's so critical. The franchising space to somebody, you know, we've been around it for a long time. It can be very intimidating, very overwhelming. There's so many people that are vying for attention from all the aspects when you think about searching in a virtual world or online. So I really just second the logic of being able as a franchise buyer or candidate to walk into a room and have conversations with real people get real education, hear real topics discussed and ask questions. It's just so great. So Michael, tell us, you know, what are some upcoming events? How do people learn more about the show schedules? Where are some cities you guys are going to be soon? Just give us an update on how do we get to you? Yeah, no, 100%. They can, of course, go onto our website, franchiseshowinfo.com. So that's franchiseshowinfo, all one word, dot com. And there will be a listing of our 25 shows across North America, 13 in the U.S. and, and uh, 12 in Canada. And or, of course, you know, they can. our website has our, our phone numbers. Anyone can reach out to me personally or, or reach out to my team. We're happy to provide any kind of information, whether that's uh, exhibiting or attending. Our fall lineup is uh, starting in September, of course, with the summer being off. Most people are off, whether they're on vacation. So children are, are, are off on, on July, August. And, and so we ourselves take off a, a couple of months there and, and start back up in September, go through to November. Our fall lineup consists of uh, Tampa, Los Angeles, Boston, Atlanta, and Raleigh. Those are the five shows that we're hitting. And then in the spring, we have another eight. So we're kind of on a deadline all the time. It's always going, go, go, go. There's just, it's nonstop. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, listen, that's great. Really appreciate you being on the show with us. Guys, this is how you build a business from the ground up, right? It's kind of the spirit of our podcast. It's about finding ways to be educated and make good decisions. We appreciate you listening to our podcast. We really appreciate our guests, but we really appreciate our audiences as well. You can find our podcast in all the usual suspects, Apple, Spotify, all the places you can look for podcasts. We are there. So check that out. Subscribe to our podcast. It really helps us out. And we look forward to sharing more content with you. And if you have any ideas on show content, please reach out. Thanks again. And thanks for listening to the show.